0: People want more democracy, not less. It's time to talk progressive politics and practical solutions with Joy Silver. Outspoken from Radio 111. Now, here's Joy.
1: Welcome to our show today. We are very excited about our special guest that's here. We're gonna hear from Captain Michael J. Lujan. He is the candidate for Riverside County Sheriff. He's running for the sheriff against the incumbent, Chad Bianco. He was raised in a military family who inspired him to serve in law enforcement, where he went on to serve our communities for 31 years. Welcome, Captain. Welcome.
0: Thank you, Joy. Thank you for having me.
1: We're quite excited. Now, I want to say that he is indeed retired, so he did serve 31 years. And before we get started in any of the questions that I know our listeners want to know the answers to, let's talk about your experience and tell us a little bit about what you were doing those 31 years.
0: Well, over the 31 years, I held uh, pretty much every rank in in the department, for the exception of corporal. I bypassed that rank when I was promoted to investigate because it didn't exist. You know, I started in October of 1989, and then throughout my career, briefly, I had a corrections experience, patrol experience, and I spent uh, just shy of a decade in the Sheriff's Central Homicide Unit. Um, as a supervisor and uh, manager, I supervised in the Corrections Bureau, patrol, and the Central Homicide Unit. I, my last two years on the department, I retired as the captain of the Lake Elsinore Station. Uh, so I have a lot of experience, a lot of training in in how the public service should be conducted, um, the professionalism that is required, the commitment and dedication.
1: Well, we're going to ask some, some, uh, some questions about that because that is on everyone's mind, certainly in Riverside County and especially here in the Coachella Valley. But I do want to uh, mention, uh, there's two things I want to mention to you. I don't know if all our listeners know, and quite possibly you don't know this, uh, so I will mention this. I do come from a law enforcement family myself. My own father was in the Philadelphia Police Force and he was in there for 35 years. So I'm quite familiar with the life of uh, law enforcement uh, people and that was my life. My own mother was a store detective. So I had a father who was a a detective in the Philadelphia Police Force and a mother who was a store detective. You can imagine my childhood, Captain, where were you? Who'd you see? Who were you with? How many people were there? It was quite uh, quite a childhood, which I thought was normal. Anyway, getting back to you for the, for our show today, um, is it true that when uh, Chad Bianco ran, he was uh, only a lieutenant and you were a captain? And does that mean you have more experience in handling the size of the Riverside County Department?
0: Well, uh, yes, that, uh Chad Bianca was a lieutenant when he ran. At the time he was running, I was also a lieutenant assigned to the Harupa Valley Station. Uh, at the Harupa Valley Station, I over over uh, I managed and over oversaw the the uh, contract law enforcement services for the city of Harupa Valley, which was roughly about an eighteen million dollar contract. In addition, I uh, managed the, the uh, school district contracts. Uh, during my, uh, I, I believe it was there four years. My four years there was the Corona Norco Unified School District, um, the Alfred Unified School District, Hooper Valley Unified School District. Um, so I managed some school districts in the detective group. So we were, at, at the time he was campaigning, we were both lieutenants, mm-hmm. um, at the time I got promoted to captain, uh, Uh, In January of 2019, and actually Sheriff Bianco promoted me to captain and assigned me to the uh, Lake Elsinore station.
1: Well, now that's a very interesting thing, and um, I want to go back to that. But before we go into that fateful year, (laughs) uh, let's talk a little bit about what does the sheriff do? What is the job, actually?
0: Well, the the, the sheriff uh, runs the, runs the department, and his, his duties are to run the county jails, provide uh, uh, protection services, in court services, uh, patrol the unincorporated communities, and of course, there's a uh, 17, I believe, uh, uh, contract cities that, uh, for law enforcement services with the sheriff's department. So not only does he manage law enforcement services for these entities, he also has a, a fiscal responsibility to manage taxpayers' dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he also manages a large department. So the sheriff wears about four different hats, but his primary, the primary mission of the sheriff's department is public safety mm. Um, equal public safety, in my opinion, and, you know, uh, free from political influences and personal uh, biases. Uh
1: huh. How many, uh, how big is the department? Just to give the uh, listeners an idea of the size of this particular uh, agency.
0: The agency usually hovers around 4,100 people, and that includes Ooh. both sworn and non sworn personnel.
1: And how does it grow to those? Uh, why does it grow? I mean, you're saying, uh, non. tell me why it hits the number 4,100. That seems uh, like a lot of people. What, does that mean you would be managing 4,100 people?
0: Well, you would be responsible for the, uh, the entire department. Uh, the way the uh, chain of command is structured is, you know, you have your uh, under sheriff, assistant sheriffs, chiefs and captains and lieutenants and sergeants all work together in managing the department there's five correctional facilities there's 10 patrol stations uh, I believe in addition to you know, we have a special uh, special enforcement bureau and a special investigations bureau all these uh, stations and bureaus are all run uh, managed and supervised by a captain who reports uh, each captain will report up the chain of command on uh, the uh, the status of their command and, and their mission on public safety
1: now that's an important thing because i just want to get back to that Moment there, the Chad Bianco was a lieutenant when he ran for sheriff, but you are a were a captain. So does that mean that you have more experience in managing such a large uh, group? So-
0: At, if you in, compa- in comparison to when he ran and today, I would say yes. I have I have greater experience in understanding how, how to manage. A department when you look at say Harupa Valley city, of Harupa Valley, as a lieutenant, I acted as their chief of police and I managed the, the personnel assigned to the contract, I managed the budget, uh, the special, uh, special units. So each captain in a contract city really manages a small police department within mm-hmm. the sheriff's
1: department. I see. Uh and uh I want to get back to that moment uh when because let's just put it on the table now. Of course, anyone who is finding out or reading about you or hears from Chad Bianco, mm-hmm. they he always goes back to that uh that situation between um the drunk driving situation. Could you talk a little bit about what happened in that moment?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, it it wasn't a drunk driving incident. You know, let's be clear on that. Um, and the, and real briefly, we had some employees who got off. They went to a local uh, uh, pizza uh, restaurant in Lake Elsinore. Uh, and I believe there were six of them. They had pizza. They, they ate and reportedly had shared two pitchers of beer. So six people, two pitchers of beer. It was early in the evening. A few hours had passed. It was like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night at that time. Um, one of the employees was driving home down Main Street. He was texting his wife, veered off uh, to the to the right, hit the curb, jumped the curb, lost control of the vehicle, and ultimately crashed into a city street lamp. It was a, a non-injury property-only collision. No other motorists were, were, were involved. So the on-duty watch commander responded, the corporal responded, two adi- additional deputies responded to the scene. Once it was determined that the off-duty employee was not intoxicated. The direction was follow procedure, and the procedure is this: you document the collision because there's property damage, and you, and it's city property. So there, there was no no drunk driving indicated at the time of those on duty employees evaluating. Uh, The the driver. So So,
1: what is, what was, and from his perspective now, what is it that he was concerned about? What was he saying that your responsibility in the situation was supposed to be?
0: Well, um, I was notified that I failed to notify the executive staff of the collision. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a, if you want to say that's a, that's a procedural error, but there's notification you know, is subject to your discretion, uh, in, in my opinion. As the commander, the on-duty personnel had relayed that there was no crime; it was property damage only, not a problem. He has insurance; the insurance will cover the property damage. No crime, no need to, to notify the executive staff. So Social- keep in mind that employees who are off duty getting collisions all the time. Mm-hmm. We're not just like the just like. You know, the, the general public, we, we get in collisions. It's not something that the executive staff needs a notification for.
1: So this seems to be the only thing that Bianco seems to be able to zero in on now that he knows that you're running. And I must say, you must have quite a laundry list of what Bianco is not doing appropriately and hasn't done. Could you talk a little bit about what is he doing wrong?
0: Well, I think the first first thing we need to understand is that the the office of the sheriff is, is nonpartisan. You shouldn't be influ- bringing your personal political biases into the office. You should exercise the rule of law and the spirit of law fairly, objectively, and equally throughout the county, throughout our residents. Also, you know, you should residents should feel comfortable coming to the sheriff or a member of the sheriff's executive staff or the commander of the station to address their issues and not be dismissive of of their issues. If someone, for example, like the ACLU did a, an audit and discovered that, you know, the department had purchased secure, new security items, right? Safety items, cameras, keypads, furniture, and flooring, if, if I'm not mistaken, and, and the rationale was that these will reduce the, the spread of COVID. Well, I, I, you know, I fundamentally disagreed with that because if you look at prior station budgets, so every station does a budget, there's always a line item for upgrading our security systems, for, for getting new furniture, upgrading our furniture, upgrading our flooring. So I think for, from my perspective, you know, that CARES Act funding could have probably been spent in a more effective manner within our corrections facility because we have a correctional health care system we could have bought portable HEPA air filters to to filter the air, we could upgrade our HVAC systems and even if you had enough money just to do one facility that facility could have been your primary uh, facility for medical care to those who are housed in, in our facilities so I think you know Spending taxpayers' dollars right. wisely with maximum efficiency is paramount.
1: What do you think about? And, and certainly, the ACLU um, pointed this out in more than. Uh, well, actually, they did two letters to uh, the attorney the attorney general, Rob Bonta, but they talked about the Riverside County Sheriff's Department's use of excessive force. Did are mm-hmm. you seeing that? And do you see that under the current sheriff?
0: I think that we, I think each case application of force needs to be evaluated based on the circumstances and based on its totality of the circumstances. I do disagree with some of the, some of, uh, some application of force and, and we're held accountable, the department is held accountable through litigation. The question is, most of these, these use of force uh, investigations typically typically would be presented to the DA's office. They have the, the, the sheriff develop a force investigation detail, you know, and they, they present these cases to the district attorney's office and the district attorney's office makes evaluation of whether it rise to criminal culpability with, with that being said, you know, the department needs to be proactive in determining whether there is a violation of, of, of an application of force. And, and if there is, we need to take appropriate action. I do believe that some of the, some of the, uh, the use of forces that I, I've been um, uh, involved in in, in reviewing uh, or, or discussing it when I was employed I thought were unreasonable, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I don't make that final determination as a captain. You know, that, that determination go, uh, is at the executive level. Uh, but I think that should be looked at with objective eyes. And reasonableness, and what are the what alternatives? What de-escalation alternatives could have been a, been a deployed?
1: Now, that's an interesting but, thing that you just mentioned: um, de-escalation. Because this seems to be something that um, is not necessarily trained well with among the current sheriffs or that they understand or use de-escalation as their primary um, way to control uh, potential criminal activity. What's your feeling and how do you see de-escalation being uh, used in the department were you to be sheriff?
0: Well, if I was the sheriff, I would... Uh start with communication de-escalation courses are are post-approved but they also have effective communication uh, courses there was a a situation well there was a trainee i want to say in the late 90s early 2000 that we called verbal judo right verbal judo is just a a nice name for effective communication Mm -hmm. so we would all our job to communicate is to, to calm things down reduce the tension, and try to resolve problems. First and foremost, prime examples you'll see a, a stressful situation. Someone's yelling, you enter a stressful situation with a resident screaming and yelling. It, it, you know you have to take that opportunity to, to take a moment, assess the situation, and try to calm that individual down. And you don't do that by screaming back. Mm. Two people screaming at each other doesn't resolve. So I think we need to get back to that, that previous training of you know, verbal judo, where we're talking to individuals, we're trying to calm them down and peacefully resolve their issues. Also, when we do de-escalation, depending on the situation, you take an opportunity to, to, well, you know, no, no one likes to use the word retreat, but let's advance to the rear, give a little space, let the individual calm down, let the resident calm down so we can appropriately address his or her issues with the least amount of force necessary. So when you, when you, those things that need to not only be trained at the training center, and they are being trained at their, their courses for that, they are you know, de-escalation courses that, that our deputies go through. Do but you, what happens after that? We need to reinforce that in the station briefings. The captain needs to reinforce that. The lieutenant and sergeants who are at station briefings need to reinforce that and remind our deputies. You know, I know you have a lot on your plate. I know you guys are doing a lot to serve the public, but just be mindful, you know, of of our de-escalation. And let's take use time because time is on our hands. We have all the time
1: in the world. Um, So uh, we're going to take a short break. But before we do, do you think that um, the current sheriff, uh, Bianco, could he learn these new tricks or... Could the department itself be moved into training for de-escalation? And, I mean, we've had a few years where that was not the primary tool in the toolbox.
0: Right. Yeah, I think the department, at least when I before I retired, the department was moving uh, in that direction of de-escalation, um, training that de-escalation. Because one of the things that, that came out of the state legislature was, you know, when there's an application of force, A lot of, you know, we are required to use de-escalation techniques.
1: Our podcast today is made possible by the generous support of My Little Flower Shop in Palm Springs. They are the premier full-service floral and event design studio in our beautiful desert cities. The staff has more than 50 years of experience designing, planning, and executing one-of-a-kind, high-profile social, corporate, and charity benefit special events. That experience includes the Academy Awards and presidential inaugurations. So whether you are planning a wedding, a birthday, showers, or anniversary parties, or you're organizing a big banquet, My Little Flower Shop uses only the finest flowers and will help you celebrate in style. Everyday arrangements, wedding bouquets, centerpieces, and amazing unique designs. Call My Little Flower Shop. Open daily, 9 to 5. The phone number is 760-778-7111. That's 760-778-7111. And visit them online for visual inspiration, mylittleflowershop.com, at 861 North Palm Canyon in Palm Springs. They're open for delivery and an official sponsor of Outspoken. And we're back with retired Captain Michael J. Lujan. He is the candidate for Riverside County Sheriff, and he is our guest today. And he is talking about his candidacy, but also about the position of sheriff itself right here in Riverside County. Uh, Captain, what, what would you do differently than Bianco? What is your well, platform, actually? <clears throat>
0: Well, my platform is, you know, removing political influence or biases to the office of the sheriff. It's a nonpartisan position, so we should look at it and look at uh, certain instances and just make decisions based on both the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. Yeah, I want to return the integrity of the office. When you look at some of the values of the office, it's integrity, honesty, professionalism, and and leadership. Okay. I, as the sheriff, we need to do greater listening. Our department needs to do greater listening and less influence. you know I often asked you know because when I was in, in the field, I would often ask residents, what do you want the Sheriff's department to do for you?" And I, I would have them explain to me what they uh, what their expectations were. if that's something that we could meet that absolutely if it's something that is outside our our response our legal res- responsibility and discretion we can explain that to the to our residents we can't do this because of this and these are why these are the rules and regulations that we uh, that we we must operate with also fiscal responsibility you know um uh, taxpayers dollars need to be spent wisely i i, I don't I, I feel that we should be held accountable to the, the public and explaining where we're spending their taxpayer dollars, you know, openly. And good, bad, or indifferent, at least you understand why the department is, why and how the department is spending your taxpayers' dollars. And community inclusion. You know, I've talked to so many people who who don't wanna talk to the sheriff's department. They don't feel they're being heard. So that goes back to greater listening. Greater understanding.
1: Well, would you, you know? would you actually sit down with members of the ACLU if they wanted to meet with you?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, well that certainly
1: I, I, is a difference right there, and that would be quite uh, quite amazing. And would you have town halls? Would you go out and meet people?
0: Absolutely, we've done that. When I was the commander of the Elsinore Station, I met with. Uh, uh, protest organizers in support of black lives matter I, I had we had calls from hoas hey can you come come talk to our hoas if i wasn't available as the captain a lieutenant or a sergeant would be available i think our representation in these community groups these organizations is paramount to, to building the bridges of trust you know and confidence in your sheriff's department our sheriff's department.
1: Well, I have to get back to one of the big questions that I know our listeners want to know about. Are you vaccinated?
0: Well, I respect everybody's right to choose their medical course and actions, but yes, I am vaccinated.
1: And would you have handled the COVID issue differently than Bianco handled it within the department?
0: Well, I would, one, uh, not not try to influence people on my personal beliefs. But I think that the the pandemic was a test for law enforcement, uh, you know, in the spirit of public safety, because when we look at mandates, there's no written mandate with consequences, right? In law enforcement, we look at a statute that's in the penal code, the vehicle code, the health and safety code, and we look at what, what a violation is, and there, there's usually a consequence for that. In, in a, a mandate, it, it, there's no consequences, right? So, really, how do you how do you enforce that, right? In the le- in, in the letter of the law, but in the spirit of public safety, I think the department whose mission and goal is to maintain a high level of public safety, we should have encouraged. Or, if I, I was the sheriff, I would encourage people to wear a mask. I would, you know, I wore masks every every time I left the house, you know, for the exception of being in the car, right? I I wore the mask, you know um it's it's a level of safety that that impacts our our communities
1: so that's a very that's very important what you said, because I think ultimately when people think of what the sheriff's job should be, it would be about public safety. And given that that was what the mandate was about, I mean, we do know that sheriffs and, and members of the department are mandated to wear vests, for example. Uh, this is a, for the, the the safety of the enforcement agency, correct? Correct. So there's a mandate would you allow somebody not to wear a vest and go out on a service call probably not and I think what you're talking about is very similar to that would that be accurate
0: yes that's a good that's a, a great comparison you know um, in in from a management position you know we encouraged everyone to wear a mask because that 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 is your safety. That's employer-employee relationship. Then you have the, employ- the, the public safety component, public safety department organization, and the public. So, in the spirit of public safety, you know, we should always encourage people to, to during the pandemic to wear a mask. You know, I, I thought that that was a, a, a significant test you know, for the law enforcement profession.
1: I think that was, I think you're absolutely right about that. That was one of the issues that polarized most of the country. And it seems silly that a public health issue becomes a polarizing issue. And, well, we know where all that goes, which brings me to another question that I know our listeners are also interested in. How do you feel about law enforcement and many sheriffs' ties, and particularly this one, to insurrectionists?
0: Well, (laughs) I, I disagree. I disagree with it. You're talking, you know, insurrectionists. You know, those are those are individuals who made a conscious decision to commit a crime. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm when you say insurrectionists, Joy, I I believe you're referring to January 6th. You know, where where people rushed the Capitol. Mm-hmm. It was a crime. You know, it was a crime caught on video. There was a criminal act by a group of people who, from all accounts, you know, started out as a peaceful protest or rally. But as soon as you started breaking into the Capitol, you're committing a crime, and there should be a a thorough, complete investigation, fair and objective investigation, and you should be held accountable as prescribed by law. So I disagree uh, with the fact that someone would try to rationalize or make an excuse for adults committing crimes Mm. at the Capitol. Mm. They they need to be held accountable. You either commit a crime or you didn't commit a crime. If you committed a crime, we have remedies for that. That's an investigation, prosecution, and a fair trial.
1: So if some of your officers that worked for the Sheriff's Department and you were sheriff were there Mm -hmm. that January 6th and returned back to work, how would you have handled that?
0: Well, first of all, I would initiate an administrative investigation to determine their conduct, you know. Um, you know, we kind of have a rule in, in law enforcement, don't commit a crime, you know. Uh, you That's know, so helpful. That con- <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's kind of a rule. Uh, uh, but we understand that we err in judgment, you know, and, and take the appropriate action. Uh, if I was a sheriff and I knew uh, department members were were – there at the time i would reach out the appropriate agency you know and ask them you know what if any criminal investigations they are doing on our personnel because uh, we don't have legal standing in, you know in, in, out of state and then uh, initiate an administrative investigation where there's a, a clear violation of policy clear violation of of the law and and for judgment appropriate disciplinary action would be taken you know, uh, that can that include in suspension and up to termination. But each individual case should be should be reviewed based on the merits of the case.
1: Well, then that would mean that you have never been an oath keeper or a three mm-hmm. percenter. Would I be correct in saying that?
0: You would be correct.
1: <laughs> All right. Very important things. Now, I know you're running for sheriff. Is there a way that people could get in touch with your campaign?
0: Yes, I'm working with BZD consultant and uh, a, a talented professional, uh, Clarissa Cervantes, um, in getting our, our social media up or getting our campaign account up. So I, you know, I would appreciate the opportunity to serve as a sheriff. I would appreciate your vote and any, any support that you, uh, that you provide.
1: Thank you and so the, much. The public Thank you so much for being part of Outspoken today. Captain Lujan, good luck in that run for Sheriff.
0: Thank you.